You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. You're listening to A Pirate's Life for Me on the Sports Objective. Join us every Friday at noon as we catch up with a member of Pirate Nation. Here's your host, Bubba Rosenbaum. What is going on, Pirate Nation? Welcome in to another edition of the Sports Objective, and specifically a Pirate's Life for me. It's our first episode of this program, and oh, a little over a couple months since we caught up with Carl Davis, East Carolina alum, author, and benefactor back in the month of January. And right now, very excited to be joined um, by someone who's an East Carolina Hall of Famer, Pirate Legacy. Um, you know, her family are just pirates through and through, and we've been attempting to line this up for three months now if not longer but uh, we we saw each other down at the Birmingham Bowl and we're finally making it happen better late than never right uh, welcome into the show Michelle Clayton Michelle we appreciate your time thank you Bubba yes finally <laughs> we're we're making it happen yeah this is not a drill uh, but uh <laughs> but no uh, appreciate your time but uh, before we dive too deeply into your background with East Carolina and just tell our viewers and listeners, you know, a little about yourself. I know you grew up in the Piedmont, uh, you know, at least in your high school years and, uh, you, you were from the epitome of a pirate family. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we moved around quite a bit. Um, dad's job took us all over the East coast, but, um, yeah, spent a little time in the triangle from fifth to ninth grade, and then ended up in the Piedmont for uh, my sophomore to senior year, <clears throat> excuse me, at East Forsyth High School. But um, yeah, to say that we're a pirate family is an understatement. I, uh, I actually, they say as you get older, you get emotional, more emotional, and holy moly, I, uh, I get super emotional about it these days. Um, Dad played football there. Mom was a all American golfer there, and uh, then I ended up there. And all three sisters behind me. So there's six of us. Uh, true pirate legacy. And I, uh, I would beg to differ that there's a family that has any stronger cheering section <laughs> than the Clayton family when it comes to game day of any sport for the pirates and our kids, you, I mean, husbands that had zero connection <laughs> to the pirates are now diehards. So yeah, it's, it's a bleed purple and gold family. That's for sure. Yeah. For someone who doesn't have a strong allegiance on uh, like, like you were saying, as far as your spouse, uh, that's what, It'll, it'll definitely uh, suck you in just the excitement and energy of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium or Clark LeClaire, whatever the case may be. And um, just the uh, the Pirate Nation's excitement and energy uh, definitely uh, makes for a fun game day atmosphere, whether it's tailgating or at the actual game. But um, just take us back to your childhood. What are some of your favorite memories of maybe making a road trip to a game or – games right there in Greenville oh yeah I uh I think my favorite memories are <laughs> are thinking back to tailgating out in front of 
if you think of in front of or behind the football stadium um, or in front of the basketball arena when it was still all grass, um, my sisters and I in our little cheerleading uniforms that mom would make for us, we would sit there doing our little cheerleading stunts thinking that we were something. Um, and it was all grass. I mean, there were trees there. It, it, like, and even when I went to college in fall of 94 behind the stadium was still all grass, you know, Williams arena that had already been asphalted and turned into a parking lot, but behind the stadium was still grass, but we used to park there at Williams arena where it was grass. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just so crazy to think about, but even funnier, I can remember one time when we were living in New York and, oh gosh, dad, I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize on air. I can't remember exactly what game it is or was right now, but we got in the car, all six of us and drove a few hours so that we could get to a hotel to get regionally where the game was going to be televised because where we lived in New York, the game was not being televised. So we drove to a hotel so that we could watch the pirates on TV. Um, that's, that's how committed this family is. And we've been like that from the day I was born. I spent my first birthday in Ficklin stadium. So it's, it's been a, a true, a true pirate journey from, from womb to today. <laughs> now, I know you said you were in the triangle from, I believe it was what, fifth through ninth grade. So yes, uh, I guess prior to that, you were up, up in New York. Um, when you were in New York, were you able to attend any games at the carrier done? Um, you know, we never ever went, dad did. We never made that trip. Um, I competed there, but I never went to a football game there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now exactly where were y'all right in New York city or right outside of New York city or where where, where were you? We were about 40 miles North of the city. Um, in a small area called Montgomery, um, very, very little remote country area. Um, not too, too far from Albany, about an hour and a half, two hours from there, which is where my mom's family was, um, or actually still is. So that was an awesome time to be there because we were actually close to her family, which was pretty neat. That was the only time we were ever close to them. So you had that passion for the pirates from um, from childhood, obviously from birth, like like myself. Yes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, you know, t- taking taking a look, you know, there in your middle school, high school years, and you talk about uh, how you began to to get involved in sports. Your mom, obviously, a Hall of Fame golfer, as you mentioned. But uh, you know, what were the first sports that you played? Obviously, track and field is. So what you're known for at East Carolina, um, obviously inducted into the Hall of Fame there back in 2011. And we'll talk more about that later. But um, just you know, tell Pirate Nation about um, your childhood as it pertains to playing sports. I uh, 
everybody, I think, believes that I would have grown up playing golf, but my mom never pushed that on any of us. Now, I was the one that had a custom golf club at the age of probably about a year and a half or even younger, maybe. And there's pictures of me dragging that around the fairways and such with mom. Um, but I never really played or did a whole lot with it. She just didn't. I think it was such a part of her life and so demanding and pushed on her. She just never did that with any of the four of us. For me, um, for my sisters, we just, we played and played and played. Dad, we were always in the backyard throwing a ball, catching a ball. But my first sport, my first love, my first dream was to be an Olympic gymnast. Um, I started that at the age of, I guess, about four. And uh, for 11 years, that was what I pursued day in and day out. I was competitive was one of those five, six days of the week in the gym, no family vacations, all that good stuff. Tried to derail pirate Saturdays at times. Um, It never succeeded, but (laughs) um, came close at times. But yeah, gymnastics was, was my baby and my first love. I did do other sports. Softball came very easy to me. I loved it but it was a bit too slow for me. I needed to be a little more active. Um, So gymnastics was kind of the mainstay. I played a little bit of basketball as well within um, middle school and high school. But uh, from gymnastics, I did gymnastics through my freshman year of high school. And then at that point, track had kind of taken over. I started organized track my seventh grade year in Raleigh at West Millbrook High School as a Wildcat. And uh, just, I had always been fast, always had speed. And it just, I hate to say it, kind of came easy to me. And I, quote, tried out for the shot put and threw five feet further than everybody else. So the shot put kind of found me. I didn't really find it. So I was a sprinter and a thrower. And... um So I did track and gymnastics for three years. And then, like I said, track kind of took over. And um, then from 10th grade on, it was track world. (laughs) So was sprints, uh, were you one and two or? or Yeah, I ran the one, one, two and the four, actually. Um, Mainly relays just because I was... I actually long jumped and triple jumped also. (laughs) Um, So the field events kind of dominated the, the main part of the meet and I would run over and run like the four by one. And then at the end of the meet, I would run the four by four. Um, And then if it was like a relay that we were at, like an invitational or something, I might run the four by two for us or something like that. I was a sprinter myself, but more so just to prepare myself for football and to get faster. And, um, you know, as far as the 400 is concerned, um, didn't exactly know what I was getting myself into. Um, (laughs) We we were uh, down a 400 runner due to sickness. And, you know, my coach just trying to 
give our team an opportunity to earn some points uh, threw me in the event I, I said sure I'll do it and so for the first 300 310 meters I was in pretty good shape and then uh-huh. man that that last that final straightaway I feel like I had knives in my hamstrings so uh <laughs> yes when you hadn't been preparing for that and you were just doing one and two hundred it's no I think I think even when you prepare for it, it feels that way. I uh, I can't say I ever fully prepared for it because I was always concentrating on throwing. But that gosh darn race is, whoo, that's something. You, you talk about becoming more committed to track and and that becoming uh, you know what you were devoting more and more time to. So talk about your recruitment and um, you know did you consider anywhere else besides East Carolina? Oh yes, my my we could discuss my recruitment story for a really long time, but uh, we don't have time for that today. We'll keep it short, sweet, <laughs> and to the point. Um, I actually was determined not to go to East Carolina. Crazy enough, I just wanted to do something kind of new. I wanted to branch out and be Michelle. Um, not that I didn't clearly love East Carolina, and it was. It was just everything I did know. It was everything I loved. Um, I just wanted something, something different, something I could identify with and it be me. Um, but lo and behold, at the end of the day, um, Charlie Chu Justice came and visited the house and I let him spend, gosh, it was like four to five hours there. And I let him back out of the driveway and drive down the old road. And we all waved goodbye from the stoop of the porch after we had spent most of the visit talking about pirate football. And um, then I, we closed the front door. I looked at my parents. I told them, well, I hope you're happy. I'm going to East Carolina. And I proceeded to walk into my bedroom. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Good job, Michelle. Wasn't that sweet of you? Um, but, uh, I, uh, I had opportunities to go other places, uh, Virginia tech, UVA, UNC and wake forest were my other four. Um, but at the end of the day with academics and athletics, ECU just made the most sense. And to be honest, probably where I knew I'd be the most comfortable, it just kind of felt it felt like home. I I knew it like the back of my hand. I'd been going there since I was a baby. And even though it was constantly changing, I just, I knew I would be taken care of there. I knew I would be, I'd be all right. And um, when it was all said and done, it worked out beautifully. And one thing the East Carolina track and field program has had is longevity as far as its leadership. Uh, Obviously now Kurt Kraft, for a couple decades or so yeah. and then and then prior to that the legendary bill carson who we run a meet for yeah. each and every each and every spring yeah that's this weekend actually so um so obviously you say uh, coach justice was one that was recruiting you but mm-hmm. just talk about your obviously you were very familiar with pirate football and i'm sure other things but the, but how familiar were you with the track and field program prior to getting recruited? Very. We had, I mean, you know, just because it was track, I had been following them and was very privy to what was going on. We had 
gone to dad and I had gone to several meets. Um, we had gone and watched them at Raleigh relays. We had gone over to Chapel Hill and watched them. So, you know, I had been keeping up with them. There was a young lady, um, Susie Schramm, who was out of high point. I told my dad that I would break her school records one day. And lo and behold, that is whose school record I ended up breaking. Um, you know, just random things like that. She uh, she was the one that held the shot put records indoor and outdoor. But uh, yeah, so I and from, you know, not so much from the women's standpoint, but the the men's team under Coach Carson had so much success. You know, we had Olympians, we had Pan Am team members, just national team member after national team member. And I always knew that. Like we were always on top of that. I knew coach Carson since I was a young child. And um, so I had always followed their success and coach Carson, I can honestly say was one of my biggest fans. I absolutely love that man. And um, you know, no matter where we were, he always, if I, had a successful day. He was one of the first people to congratulate me. And if I had a crappy day, he was one of the first people to let me know. And (laughs) that is one thing I loved about that man was he was so real and he, he was just amazing. And, uh, his, his wife, Ruth is just awesome. And we just, we, uh, we miss him. We miss him a lot, but yeah, I had, I had followed them for a good while. So I knew what the twins were there. Tara and Dava Rhodes were there um, when I was being recruited and they were having one heck of a collegiate career. So um, they had kind of put the pirates back on the map nationally. So I was coming into a really good situation. I didn't really know coach Carson, but when I was, I guess, Middle school, early high school, uh, you know, attending some football scrimmages. Uh, my dad and I, we had the opportunity to chat with Coach Carson on two or three occasions there at uh, <laughs> D- Dowdy Ficklin. And, um, you know, he, he was always very much a gentleman. But like you were saying, his passion for his athletes, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was noticed very quickly. Uh, my dad asked him about a couple of sprinters and different uh, student athletes from over the years that had been very successful. And, um, yeah, coach Carson, you know, immediately, uh, started beaming when uh, their names were mentioned. Oh, without a doubt. And could talk about those guys for forever. And those guys stayed in touch with that man until literally up until he died. Um, that's one thing he gave so many young men an opportunity that they wouldn't have gotten. He brought them to East Carolina, got them into college, gave them the opportunity to not only run, but to get a degree. And they're now out there doing amazing things in this world. I stay in touch with many of them. And uh, there's not a time that we're not back in Greenville that, the whole conversation does not come back to revolving around wild bill. I mean, that man, he is, he is something. 
Uh, he is sorely missed, but boy, he left a mark. That's for sure. He did amazing things for a lot, a lot of young men. So talk about that transition going from, from East Forsyth High School into being a, a Division One track and field athlete. You know, it it's it's a transition, I think, for any any young person, but um it wasn't that big of a deal for me. I uh the first couple of weeks, I think my dad will probably laugh when he hears me that I just said that because he's gonna be like, You gotta be kidding me. The first couple of weeks weren't easy, but in terms of training and um schoolwork, I was prepared for that. I I'm about as type A as they come. I am my own worst enemy. There's nobody that's going to be harder on me than me. So <clears throat> I was prepared for the workload that was going to be thrown at me. I was prepared for whatever was to come. So that part I had no trouble with. Um, the The level of competition, I don't think you can ever be prepared for because that's, you know, just like in football, it's the speed of the game. You know, with track and field, it's just the level of the competition. Everybody's going to be as good as you, if not better. That That's what it's all about. Um, so that part was, you know, a little bit of a, a transition, an eye-opener. Even though you know it's coming, it's still like, oh, crud, here we go. Okay, <laughs> you might not make every final um, of every single meet for every event. But um, that's what keeps that fire burning and keeps you working your butt off so that you're able to make every final the following year and so on and so forth. Now, obviously, in one of our um, partnerships, if you will, on this show, um, you know, for the last several months um, has been Coach Connors. Um, Coach Connors was interested in doing a podcast, obviously um, well-documented the impact he had on pirate football um, in in particular, you know, throughout the '90s, and then mm-hmm. and then his second stint uh, once he returned from um, the place to the west. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah C- Coach Connors, he um, you know obviously had such a huge impact um, in football that was so well documented. But what about the, with other sports? And you know, did you uh, work directly with him? Yes, um, Coach. Coach never worked directly with me as an athlete per se, but I got to know coach really well. And then going into my fourth year, I actually that summer trained with football. He um, asked me to train with the football team that summer. So I trained with the combo guys that summer in the weight room, that was an experience. Talk about intimidation. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then come the following summer, he came up to me about two weeks before camp was to start. And he said, Clayton, what are you doing this year? And I said, I have another year of eligibility coach. And he said, all right, you want to work for me? I said, excuse me? He said, you're going to be my GA. I said, well, h- how? I, I, I have to compete. And he said, well, can you work for me and compete? I said, I don't know, sir. He said, run upstairs and ask Miss Rosie. So literally, I ran out the back door of the weight room. I was getting ready to work out. 
I ran up out the back door of the weight room and up the front steps of Ward Sports Med to the third floor to meet with Miss Rosie. And I asked her the question and she looked at me and she said in her little soft voice, well, Michelle, I don't know. Have a seat. I'm going to call somebody. And about an hour later, we had our answer and good heavens. That's how I became a coach. Um, I was supposed to go to medical school. I didn't think I was going to be coaching. Um, so that's how this all happened. Thanks to Jeff Connors. So he's been next to my dad. He's the most instrumental man in my life in terms of a mentor. Um, there's not enough words, enough things I can say about him. Um, without getting emotional, <laughs> he's had a huge impact on my life and, um, a lot of my coaching, a lot of my ideas come from the time I spent with him. Um, I can only wish that I had had more time in terms of actual, like, one-on-one -on -one time, him coaching me. And actually when I was competing post-collegiately, he did write my programs my last couple of years. Um, so I did spend some time with him at that school to the West. Um, I would check in with him every couple of weeks <laughs> and uh, go train at that school. Um, wasn't, I actually trained at that school quite a bit. I worked with the uh, throws coach there at the time for several years. But um, so unfortunately I had quite a tie to that place um, <laughs> <laughs> much to my mother's dismay, but um, yeah. So the Jeff Connors is one hell of a man and I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, love what he's doing right now with um, absolute empowerment. I mean, attempting to, you know, have a impact uh, not only on current student athletes, you know, but, um, you know, coaches, whoever he can reach um, through this platform um, via podcast on all podcast platforms and the Sports Objective YouTube channel. But, um, you know, you, you talk about that you described the transition, how it wasn't all that difficult after the first two or three weeks. So I know you were uh, doing all three throwing events. Um, now was that was that the plan from the get go? Well, at first, actually, so I hadn't ever thrown the hammer. I did not because the hammer is still in this country, not very big at the high school level. It's coming on more and more and more. Um, so out of high school, it was shot in discus. Um, I was bound and determined to be a hammer thrower. I am a very small thrower. I'm extremely short in stature uh, or small in stature. And um, size wise, I'm though most people think I'm huge in eastern North Carolina and among the East Carolina community and so on and so forth. Um I'm, I'm actually pretty small for a thrower, even at my biggest, but at five foot four, I'm definitely not your average thrower. So I knew if I wanted to dream of being an Olympian and throwing post-collegiately, 
that the hammer was really going to be where I was going to have that opportunity, that that event was going to be where I was going to be able to utilize what made Michelle, Michelle, which was my speed and my power. Um, problem. I needed to learn how to throw the event. I needed someone to teach me the event. So I got a little taste of it at the national high school meet uh, my senior year. They needed one more person to throw the event in order for it to be legal. So I did and made an absolute kook out of myself, but I had a blast and I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. So at that point, a dream was completely born and off I went with it. Yet I still didn't throw it my freshman year. Um, it wasn't until that summer after my freshman year, my dad and I started going down to South Carolina and uh, working with a gentleman by the name of David Vandergriff who, in my opinion, was one of the best hammer guys in the country. He has since passed in the last few years, but um, he was very close with the late Yuri Sadiq, who was who actually still is the world record holder. And um, Dave just understood the event, and he took a huge interest in me and spent tons of time with Dad and I teaching us the event and so it was my sophomore year that I actually began throwing the hammer. And that's all she wrote. The first meet I threw 160 feet, um, just under 50 meters. And from there, it was history. I was in love and it just kept going from there. And obviously it progressed to the point uh, you were the, the first ECU female athlete to earn All-American honors in the hammer throw, uh, placing ninth in the event at the 99 NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Um, but you know, progressing up to that point, uh, you'd had an awful lot of success, you know, both um, you know, within the CAA, which is the, you know, the Colonial Athletic Association that a lot of longtime pirates will remember that uh, we were members of for years. And then uh, also uh, regionally, both, um, you know, on or I say on the field, you know, th in the events. And then uh, <laughs> and then uh, also obviously in the classroom as well as you were the most outstanding female scholar athlete, I believe. What was that like your your sophomore, junior year? Mm hmm. My sophomore year, yes. No, junior so, year. It was my junior year, and then so just, was on just, the just talk about academic. that balance and that progression. Um, you know, both you know balancing academics because I know you were, as you mentioned, headed to med school prior to being derailed by Coach Connor. <laughs> All Coach C. <laughs> yeah, the the balance that was that just my mom was an educator, um, so that's just how it was in the household. You know, it, there was never any question you, you took care of your athletics after school, whether it was gymnastics or track. My, we owned horses. My sisters were equestrian, equestrian riders and, you know, volleyball players, basketball players. We were all into cheerleader. We had a cheerleader. Every family has a cheerleader, right? God bless my father. And, uh, we took care of all that. And then you came home, you ate dinner and you took care of your homework. It, there just always had to be that balance that there was just no question. And, um, 
so it was just ingrained in me there. I never, never fought it. Never, <laughs> never thought any other way. That's just how it was. They, they deserved equal time and the same amount of dedication and devotion. No doubt. That's kind of same here. Um, my mom was an educator of 40 plus years and, um, you know, she had her, master's degree and um you know she had actually before getting an education had considered something in the medical field as well as, <laughs> as you did as, as you did but uh so yeah it was the importance of academics was impressed upon me at an early age and uh, like you said uh developing those good habits and um just making you see hey if you didn't complete your schoolwork and do the best you could uh then the sports weren't going to happen. The other, right. The other isn't going to happen. And I mean, it's, that's what we try to impress upon these guys here today. Like <laughs> you're here for a reason, but without a, there won't be B. Um, but yeah, like even to put that further, my mom and one of my twin sisters are in the educators hall of fame at East Carolina as well. So it's it's just silly. Our family is something else. Before we talk about that honor of being inducted into the ECU Athletic Hall of Fame six years after after your mother with her legendary golf career, which we'll discuss, just talk about uh, you know, that 1999 accomplishment of being mm -hmm top 10 at the NCAA championships. Uh, was that back then? Was that, was that still in Eugene? Was that where that was? No, they or actually, where, where? they used to rotate it around a lot more that year. It was in Boise, Idaho <laughs> on the blue track or um, the, at the blue field. It was that day. It was 42 degrees and raining sideways. It was a perfect day for an outdoor track and field meet. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. <laughs> but it was awesome. The field was stacked that year. There were several international athletes. My claim to fame of that final was I was the only one that did not bust their tail. I remained on two feet the entire competition. So, yep, that's my claim to fame. 1999 women's hammer final at ncaa's is the only one that did not fall in boise idaho in boise idaho that's right it was so freaking cold oh my god before before people really um became you know they they were good then but um you know just a few years later five to seven years later they really exploded onto the scene in football with the blue turf and exactly and it, and um, winning the Fiesta Bowl over Oklahoma before the, the Pirates and uh, Chris Johnson had to take Chris care Johnson of them the, the, following, the following year. And That's right. The, yeah, the Hawaii Bowl. That's right. But um, a Hall of Fame career. And you first talk about your mom. You talk about her being an educator and a tremendous golfer. Um, unfortunately, we lost her a few years back. So just – Tell Pirate Nation about her and uh, not only the golfer, but more importantly, the woman. Amazing woman, spitfire, a damn Yankee. There's no other way to describe her. An amazing mother. Um, 
you know, she gave up everything, even though my dad is say she didn't give up anything because she was the most amazing mom you could ever have asked for, um, for the four of us. She was at everything. She missed nothing. Um, and she raised four girls that were all, I mean, right now we're 46, 44, 44, and 42 years old. So I, I still, to this day, I have one that is six and I do not know how on this planet she did it. Um, but yeah, she, uh, amazing golfer, amazing woman, great wife. Dinner was on the table, home cooked meal every single darn night. We did not eat out. Um, she was just unbelievable. You, you didn't, you knew what to do. You knew what not to do. She was a disciplinarian, but every single one of our friends knew where to come when they needed something. That door was always open. Um, she, she would take in anybody at the end of, towards the end of our educator's career, she worked with the at-risk students. So uh, to me, she really finished where she belonged. She worked with the kids that had, in most people's eyes, zero chance of graduating from high school. And that woman would work with these poor kids and make them believe in themselves and make them love themselves. And she would love them and they would walk across that stage at the end of their, at the end of the year. And I mean, my dad gets emotional talking about it and it is, she, she helped save so many kids. It, it was utterly amazing. And that's, that's just who she was. That's her in a nutshell, but don't cross her because she'd let you know about it. She, she, she was, she was a feisty one. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's funny. You, you described her um, perfectly. Um, I was, didn't know her well, but you know, had the opportunity to interact at a handful of pirate events and so forth. And uh, there was no mistaking on the, the feisty side of her. <laughs> You know, whether it's get yelling at an official or umpire or whatever the oh, case Lord, may be. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, I remember my dad and I would uh, be riding home, you know, let's say a baseball game at Elon or, or wherever. And uh, and and we'd be uh, laughing because uh, I was like, well, I said, wow. I said, she, you know, I said, she was oh, a firecracker. firecracker. <laughs> but but you, you kind of transitioning, you bring up your dad, uh, obviously many in Pirate Nation are familiar with L.B. Clayton, um, at least a Pirate fan, L.B. Clayton. But uh, as you mentioned, a very interesting uh, football career, as you were telling me off the air several weeks back when we had this uh, lined up the first time. Uh, <laughs> you know, L.B., you know, so it, when he originally went to East Carolina, went in the mid-60s and played for Stass, but then after his uh, military duty, you know, he, he came back and then also played for um, Sonny Randall. Yes, I believe that's correct. So, um, yeah, and that was obviously, you know, six, seven years apart there. Right, yeah. He so, uh, he thought that he was there, you know, just to play ball the first time around. And uh, so then he went and spent some time with Uncle Sam. But what was cool about that was he got to play some pretty amazing football um, 
I guess, considered kind of semi-pro at that time over in Germany. Um, he was in the Air Force, but played for the Army. Don't ask. I, I don't quite understand. Um, but uh, so though he was away, he was still playing ball. Um, so that was that was pretty awesome. So he never really missed a beat, per se. And then came back and played for the Pirates to finish out his career. And that's when mom and him met. That's good. So instead of four years of football, he may have, he may have gotten even more. more uh, so exactly. <laughs> kind of like, exactly. <laughs> like these guys playing in the COVID era where the 2020 season did not even count. Didn't count. That's right. We got guys getting six and seven years now. And, um, you know, Pirate fans um, – you know, if you're in the in the region here, you know, whether it's right there in Greenville or, you know, going to the baseball games. Like I know my dad ran into him um, times uh, this year where, where I wasn't even able to attend, you know, at, over at Elon, uh, you know, Chapel Hill, wherever. You know, odds are if the Pirates are playing uh, and, you know, LB doesn't have something going on, he's going to be there. If he's not officiating a track meet, he's going to exactly, be wherever exactly. the Pirates are. Yep. <laughs> But uh, you know, kind of kind of shifting gears um, back back to your career post East Carolina. You were talking about getting the early start on your coaching career, but I know you also had the opportunity to um, to compete some, and um, you know, you were in the USA Track and Field Olympic team trials in the hammer throw. Um, describe that experience. It was it was amazing. Um, I got the opportunity twice in two thousand and two thousand four. Um, you know, as I get older, I guess it becomes a little bit more of an accomplishment. Um, obviously didn't accomplish what I set out to do, which was to make an Olympic team. Um, so that will forever be slightly disappointing, but I, I had the opportunity to represent the U S a couple of times up in Canada. Um, and there's nothing better than being able to represent your country and especially when you're doing something that you love and you know that you've been given a gift of talent that maybe the person you know next to you does not have you've just been blessed with something that you're good at and that you love um so that was awesome i made some amazing friends along the way met some amazing people, world record holders, and just some outstanding members of this world. Um, so for those experiences and all the places that it took me via travel, I am forever indebted to the sport of track and field. And you know, for our viewers and listeners, um, you know, in 2003, you were ranked uh, seventh nationally mm -hmm. and con consistently in the in the top ten for about a five or six year period there from 2000 to 2005. Correct. And um and then in addition to what you were doing uh, in the hammer throw, um, talk about um, your accomplishments in the weight room. <laughs> I um so the weight room always came kind of easy to me, so I competed in Olympic weightlifting for a few years as well <clears throat> and had some pretty good success there. I finished third at nationals in 2005. Then I tore my elbow, um, 
never had, well, back injuries, but that just kind of happens and you deal with it and move on. But um, I tore my elbow in about two months after nationals. And then I had Tommy John surgery and uh, with one of Dr. Andrew's people from here in Birmingham, actually. And um, I had that done at Carolina's Medical Center there in Charlotte. And um, had that done in December of 05 and then came back and competed at a national meet in December, exactly 364 days later, December of 06 and finished second. So um, at that American Open. So wait, um, uh, Olympic weightlifting was a blast. It just um, grip it and rip it, baby. You just grab it and take care of it. But um, yeah, I, I did that for a few years and I still tool around with it a little bit. I, I had some shoulder surgery about a year and a half ago from uh, <laughs> crazy enough from when I was up in New Hampshire, pushing my car out of a snowbank. I uh, tore my bicep tendon in my labrum. Who knew, who knew, who knew, but um, so that's been a little bit of a pain in the butt, but I'd really like to compete again if possible. So kind of working on that right now, seeing, seeing what the old body would be able to handle again. So with your coaching career, you actually, um, as you already mentioned, you know, began in the weight room. So talk about your progression there very, uh, you know, Briefly, each stop, I know you had the connection, um, and I, don't, I say connection, you uh, obviously had a, a strong um, resume, uh, you know, for someone so young coming out of East Carolina because of the experience with Coach Connors, but a guy who had an East Carolina background, uh, but was at Virginia Tech, Mike Gentry. Right. That was, that was definitely an awesome connection. When I uh, interviewed with Coach Gentry, he said to me, um, I can promise you'll never work for another Jeff Connors again, but I won't be too far behind. And I just started laughing my butt off because back in coach Gentry's day, he was, he was pretty feisty too. Um, <clears throat> but that was, that was an awesome experience. I was the uh, first female to ever work with football at Virginia tech. So that was a pretty, pretty awesome deal. It took a little while, took some convincing, um, not on coach Gentry's part, but on the football staff part. Um, so that was awesome because Vic and that whole crew, Andre Davis and, um, gosh, it, it was just that whole team was loaded at that time. That was 2000, 2001 seasons. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I went from ECU as a GA to Virginia tech full-time, uh, I was the coordinator of strength and conditioning for women's Olympic sports. So I worked with all the women's sports and uh, had dance and cheerleading, assisted with men's and women's swimming, um, helped out with wrestling and then ended up helping with football up there. So that was that was a beautiful experience. Then went back to ECU and was there for a good little while. <clears throat> and then. When I left ECU, I ended up going to Duke as the throws coach, was there for two seasons, then went to Dartmouth for five and um, was the throws coach and strength coach there. And then um, 
in 2009, Mark and I made the move down here and we have been at old Troy University ever since. Yeah, you, you talk about that, uh, talk about the relationship with Mark, obviously for Pirate fans, um, you know, you have uh, Kim McNeil, the head women's basketball coach and her husband, Corey, mm -hmm. is the is the uh, top assistant. So, uh, you know, and tell us about uh, your relationship. Obviously, you know, your husband is there. Troy <laughs> is, 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 I'm trying to remember his official title, but basically head track and field coach. I'm right. trying to, I think it's director of director, track yeah. and field instead of head coach. But, uh, and then obviously you are the assistant coach for throws and, and weight training. Yeah. So in uh, July of 2009, Mark got <clears throat> the position of director of track and field and cross country down here in Troy. And we were, I always say scheduled, it makes it funny, but we were, I guess, scheduled to get married in August. <laughs> and uh, so then, so he got hired a couple of weeks before the end of July and I was officially hired August 1st. So we were not married yet. So there was no nepotism issue um, at the time. And uh but we still had to go through all the paperwork and everything, but that's just, you know, the way it goes. But yeah, so then um, obviously I came with him and uh, so I'm the throws coach and take care of all of our travel. I'm kind of like the director of operations, throws coach, strength coach, and equipment manager. I think those are my official titles for the team. And oh, also a sports psychology consultant, because I do have <laughs> a degree in sports psychology. So um, I take care of that. Mark takes care of all of the head coaching stuff. I'll just put it that way. And all the day to day operation of the team. And then we have um, our lovely assistant that does all of our recruiting. God bless her. I'm so glad she does it because it's a headache. Um, I thank her constantly for doing it. And um, then we have our distance coach and two GAs. We have a good little setup. We got a great crew. Um, I cannot believe this is the ninth season that we have been here. It'd be nine years come August that we have been down here and they have been, Maddie is six years old. She'll be seven at the end of July. And she travels with us. She is the team mascot. She has 93 brothers and sisters. And we have a very supportive administration from the moment she was born. So we are highly, highly, highly fortunate. I hear very different stories from some of my dear friends. So there is a reason why we are here. I do know that. <laughs> and of course, the Troy Trojans, a member of the Sunbelt Conference, um, excellent league, a very uh, you know, up and coming league and, and had a tremendous football season this year. Yes, yes. Um, Coach John Summerall is is a go-getter, amazing family. I love his wife, Jenny. She's a great friend. Um, our, our daughter and their children are good friends, but John was just what the doctor ordered. 
He um, he's a disciplinarian. He's done a heck of a job with that team. Came in and got him going immediately. Um, the the fans, the the Trojan Nation, love him. Um, I'm super excited about this season. When you know as well as I do, Bubba, when football is going well, the university is going well. I mean, it's it's the same way in Greenville. When when the Pirates are winning, everybody's winning. Um, so it just it brought such a renewed sense of just ah, oh. <laughs> it it was so much fun here this fall. So really looking forward to it. They're in spring ball right now, just like the Pirates are. Um, things are going well. He just signed a four year extension to his contract, which is super exciting for all of us here. So so yeah. I'm I'm really really excited for the old Trojans. A couple more things for you. Uh, going back to 2011 to that Hall of Fame induction weekend, I know that was the second year of the Ruffin McNeil era. And you know, wh- what are your memories of you know who else was inducted that season? What season was that, Bubba? Sorry, it was 2011. So 2011. I, I was just saying, do, do you was... recall who else was inducted into the Hall of Fame that same year? Um, me and AC, Anthony Collins. Okay. Tony, Tony Collins. Yep. 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 That was awesome. Um, that will forever be my, uh, hall of fame twin. So we, uh, all my pictures, (laughs) all my pictures are with him that year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's quite the character. (laughs) He is, and he hadn't had either of his knee surgeries yet, and that's all he kept talking about. <clears throat> and I was like, well, that's okay, because at least you'll be closer to my height right now, because when you have them, you'll be taller than me. <laughs> and I know you keep up with the Pirates, um, despite, like you said, having been in um, Alabama for for nearly a decade now. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we crossed paths there in Birmingham at the Birmingham Bowl back in late December when the Pirates uh, blew out Coastal Carolina. But uh, staying abreast of things from afar, uh, just just talk about how um, you know East Carolina athletics are really trending up after several down years. Oh yes, it's uh, you know it. We have a family group text, and there's if there's anything Pirates going on we're we're talking about it so i'm always in the know always know what's going on if it's streaming on espn plus anything that i can catch it on i have it on my phone if we're traveling or on the tv if i'm at home but yes things things are trending up um coach houston i love him i love his demeanor um i love talking to dad after he's met with him and chatted with him I hope I can meet him in person, maybe even this fall, if I get the opportunity to get over there. He just seems like an amazing, just kind of go-getter disciplinarian. I do love that part of him. He seems like a no-nonsense, but at the end of the day, he still loves those guys and is going to fight for them. Um, And that's very much like myself. I'll do anything for these kids, but I'll be gosh darn, they're – they're going to act right. They're going to do right. They're going to know right from wrong. Um, we're going to have fun, but we're going to do it the right way. And um, 
But yes, I women's basketball. Good gracious, what a year! Congratulations, Coach Kim. That was awesome. Um, uh, Coach Schwartz, I think things are really trending up there. I, I like the I like the style of play. I like I like what I saw on the court this year. Cliff, I love you, man. I <laughs> love you. I can't say enough about you. Um, you know, I I just even volleyball. Volleyball is trending up. Like. Everything, everything's really, really looking good. And there, there's nothing that does my heart better than to be on the road and see that pirate bus and good Lord almighty, my child will gosh darn almost come off of our bus. She'll be like, mommy, the pirate. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's insane. Um, yep. It's just, it's ingrained in her. You ask that kid where she's going to school and she'll tell you she's going to be a pirate. And I'm like, Maddie, shh. I love it. That too loud around here. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, I I, things are looking great over there, and I, you know, I think, I think it's just again, like I said earlier, football. Good gracious, and it's sad. Not sad. I hate to put it all in their lap, but when football is trending up, everything trends up. And I mean, it happened here this year. Football had an amazing year. Men's basketball got some wins that nobody would have expected. And it just, the camaraderie, everybody comes together. Everybody seems to play harder. Everything just seems to fall into place. Our baseball team's having a great season, like, or much, much better compared to last year. Like things are trending up, like you were saying, um, so yeah, I love to see it. I love to see the purple and gold in the wind column. And I just, my God, I love that place. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, uh, I was looking for the clip. Um, actually, I thought I had it uploaded. I was going to um, play Coach Houston when he slapped the podium after the, I think it's what, triple overtime win against Memphis last year. And he said, how about those freaking Pirates? Pirates, yes. And yeah. I was at that game. I was at that game. Yeah, that that was awesome. It was but um, th- that really got th- got things trending in the right direction for the second half run we made in a, a eight win season. Yes. But um, I, we could certainly talk for hours. We'll ha- we'll love to have you back on the show down the road. But uh, appreciate you giving us an hour of your time and uh, and appreciate all you did for the pirates and will do for the pirates in the future. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate you too. Pirate Nation, that is East Carolina Hall of Famer Michelle Clayton. We appreciate you tuning into the show. Remember, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter at TheSportsOBJ, on Instagram and TikTok at The Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Until next time, we appreciate you tuning in. And as always, go Pirates. The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates.